Welcome to the Finley Capital Podcast, where we discuss real estate investing and the hard money lending process. Today, I want to talk about setting up your infrastructure as an investor. Had a great meeting yesterday with a couple of investors, pals, new, new friends of mine. I met them at the investor club and we had a little meeting at the office and we talked about their goals and what they were trying to achieve. But, but more specifically, we, we talked about how best to set up their infrastructure so that they could scale and achieve their objectives. Mm-hmm. Their objectives were a couple, they had a really couple interesting objectives. They wanted to re, you know, remove their W2 income and replace it with residual income from cash flow from real mm-hmm. estate. And they wanted to do that using the Burr method. And obviously a hard money lender helps with the Burr method because you can buy cash, renovate, refinance, you know, mm-hmm. rent and repeat, whatever. But what we discussed a little bit more on the front end of how to set up their infrastructure. Okay. And, and I mean, literally the components that track and measure and keep organization of what they're trying to build. And so we were talking about this at the real estate investor group meeting last week. And I asked a couple questions to the guy that was speaking and we started talking after the meeting and they asked if they could come by and see what I do Mm -hmm. and kind of go from there. And I thought it was a great idea for them to see another perspective of how infrastructure is set up. Right. And I work really hard at setting up infrastructure and organizing systems and all that stuff. So I thought it was interesting that they were asking me to show what I do. So I wanted to just share that with you guys. And they have one LLC. So all their properties flow into one LLC. Mm -hmm. I might have, I think I have 10 because I have nine or 10 LLCs with different partnerships, right? which is fine. But when you have more than one LLC, you got to change the way you structure your systems a little bit Mm -hmm. to account for that. So what I do, long story short, what I do was I set up a QuickBooks account Mm -hmm. for every LLC that I have. And I also hired a controller. So this is somebody who sits above all the LLCs that I have. Mm-hmm. And he understands what I'm doing. He manages all the QuickBooks for all right. the LLCs. And one of the nice benefits of that is he set up the classes mm-hmm. in each LLC for each company the same way. Rental income, security deposit income, maintenance, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so they all match, which is kind of nice. But I set up each one of those LLCs with a QuickBooks company, as, as they're called, Mm-hmm. And then I connected each one of those companies to a bank account. Okay. I consolidated all my bank accounts to one bank mm-hmm. and I have one central login for that bank. So what happens is I can log into one platform and I can see every bank account for every mm-hmm. LLC. They're all connected to QuickBooks directly. So they sync with each other. Okay. So from that standpoint, everything rocks. Now I got a checkbook and a debit card for every LLC and I track, right. you know, I keep keep those organized in one central location that's secure as well. So if I need to set up auto pay for utilities or if I need to pay a bill or whatever, or pay a vendor, I can write a check. Mm-hmm. And my controller who has one email address for every entity, everybody, all my partners and I send everything to that controller email and he processes it from there. So from that standpoint, it's pretty simple. Yeah. Gets a little, and of course, I also have a Google Drive folder for every LLC, mm-hmm. and inside that folder, I have subfolders, you know, corporate docs, tax returns, all the different entity-specific but repeatable documents I have in a folder like that. Right, and then I also have one folder, subfolder for each property. Mm-hmm. So the purchase agreements, the closing statements, the title insurance, the regular insurance, all those important documents are broken down into a subfolder 
of the property folder broken down into a subfolder of the entity. Mm-hmm. Each entity is shared with the partner. The full entity folder is shared with the partner so they can access just their entity information. And of course, the controller has overall access to all of that. Right. Now, but the interesting thing that I, I did that they were very excited to learn more about was I created a very simple spreadsheet and I call it my schedule of real estate owned. Okay. And what it does for me, it also kind of functions as a personal financial statement, as you'll see. Gotcha. I created a column. The first column is um, property address. Mm-hmm. Then from left to right, entity name. Well, I think it was entity name, then property address. So I got them organized by entity name. You know. Okay. Entity number one, address, 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 address. Then to the left, I have the asset value. So mm-hmm. that's how much the asset is worth. Okay, in today's market value, in my opinion, obviously, if I think the house is worth two hundred thousand, or if I have an appraisal two hundred thousand, or whatever, I put two hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. Next to that, I have another column that says asset Logan, mm-hmm. and what that does, or oh, excuse me, before that, to the left of that, I have the entity ownership percentage. Okay. Okay. So let's just start over. I got entity name, mm-hmm. the percentage of the entity that I own. Mm-hmm. So it's Logan and Lowell LLC. So I own 50% of that company. Mm -hmm. To the left of that, it's the property address. To the left of that, it's the entity or it's the property value. Okay. So from then next to that one, I have a formula that calculates asset value times entity ownership percentage. Mm -hmm. Because in theory, I own, if it's a $200,000 asset, I own half of that entity. I own half of that asset in theory. Next to that, I got the same process for the liability. So Mm -hmm. if we have a mortgage for 160, I have the liability amount 160. Next to that, I have the liability Logan, and it's 160 times 50% equals 80. Gotcha. And then, of course, you scroll all the way down to the bottom. It sum totals all of those numbers, and then it subtracts the Logan liability from the Logan asset and gives me my net worth. Gotcha. So it's not a perfect system, but it's a it is a system right. for me to calculate, keep track of, and monitor my net worth growth. Mm-hmm. This is pretty cool because when you have more than one entity LLC, you know, with partnerships, it gets confusing as to what you're worth, how much mm-hmm. you're worth, what you own, what you yeah. owe, what the difference are, you know, things like that. Then below that, I did I did a very simple thing where I added up, I have a line item for every business banking account. Mm-hmm. And then once a month, I put the checking account balances in there. Okay. Same formula applies. If there's 10,000 in there and I own half the asset, half the entity, then, you know, my cash on that ROM is is 5,000. And what this does for me is it nets out to a net worth. Okay. At the very bottom of the page, I see my net worth. Mm -hmm. Anytime I add a property or sell a property, it changes. Obviously the cash goes up and down Mm -hmm. and then the real estate goes up and down or moves or gets removed. But the point is I have one central platform from which I can track all of my real estate holdings. And basically all my entire balance sheet of net worth. Mm -hmm. And I was telling the guy too that I said, hey, you know, every time I do a loan, a commercial loan with a bank, I just download this and send it to them. Yeah. It it effectively acts as my personal financial statement. Okay. And he's like, yeah, that's uh, great. Because those things are a pain in the neck to fill out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And they take forever. Yeah. For me, it takes me two minutes because I just, I have them updated every month. Right. Click it, download it, attach it, send it over, Mm -hmm. sign it, and I go. So it's a really valuable tool for that reason. But more generally speaking, I think it's really important when you're starting to go from one to two to three to four deals and you're starting to grow as an investor, you have to put the infrastructure into place so that you can scale up Mm -hmm. and you don't need very much. 
Another tab I have on that spreadsheet is I have a monthly tracker of my net income. Mm -hmm. So what I do is I plug in every month, I plug in the net income for the company. And once again, it applies that ratio for the formula based on my entity ownership interest. And then it tells me what I made or lost that month. And it totals that up. And I have that on a, on a monthly tracking system so I can see where my net income from my mm-hmm. asset, from my entities are versus the goal pace and whatnot. Right. So I'm tracking the balance sheet growth and I'm tracking the profit and loss, which mm-hmm. are in my mind, are the, and then the statement of real estate on. Those are the three metrics that every real estate investor should focus mainly on, especially mm-hmm. when they're starting to get set up. And then you automate as much as you can from there. Mm-hmm. I, have a, I have a spreadsheet that has a list of every payment that I owe Okay. The due date of that payment, the amount. Mm-hmm. And then I have another tab or a column that says what bank account it comes from. Okay. And whether it's set up for ACH. So now I have, I might make in my personal balance sheet or my personal universe, I think I probably make 40 or 50 payments every month. Oh, wow. Between 10 entities. Yeah. Wow. At least. Yeah. It's probably yeah. more than that. And then of course I have my heart, my uh, investors in the Finley capital. I got mm-hmm. 15 or 16 investors. So they get a payment every month. Yeah. So I might have like 60 or 70 payments that I make mm-hmm. every month and every one of them is automated. I don't write a single check. I don't make a single transfer. I don't do anything. Mm-hmm. The whole thing is automated. Nice. And then the controller tracks and, and keeps track of every payment and updates each statement. And I pay him a little bit, but not too much. It's definitely mm-hmm. worth it yeah. because I can focus now because I have that infrastructure in place. I can focus on going out and finding new deals, making right. new decisions and big picture stuff. But I think it was really interesting to share that with people to see what they need to progress in terms of growth. Mm-hmm. And you don't need much. QuickBooks balance sheet. QuickBooks p and a balance sheet for each entity linked it to a bank account. Ideally, they're uh, consolidated into one login so you don't have to go to a bunch of banks. Right. Debit card and a checking account for each one. A statement of real estate owned, a uh, a PL tracker by month by entity. Mm-hmm. And then of course anything else that's important to you that you want to measure. So one of the things I don't measure very well is I don't mem- I don't measure principal reduction by month. Okay. And because I don't I just don't go into my major spreadsheet and I don't update 60 or whatever it is, 70, you know loan balances every right. month. I just don't have time to do that. And I don't ask my controller to do it. But I think it would be an interesting exercise to know what, and I, I'm sure you could figure, there's ways to do it. You could probably just look at balance, you know, liability balance mm-hmm. at the end of each month and subtract and you could probably figure it out. But whatever is important to you to track and measure is that's what you should be doing. And another thing I had on my tracker sheet that they were interested in was I had on the right side, I had a pipeline. Okay. So each stage of my pipeline, this is very, you know, very basic, but I didn't want to have a big, you know, software system to have to do this. I don't need it. So I have a tab or a column for each tab of the, each phase of the life cycle. So acquisition pending, Mm -hmm. acquisition possession, uh, reposition scope, Mm -hmm. reposition construction, reposition punch, disposition, uh, listed pending leased or sold. So I have and I just put a one, a little colored box in each one and it totals them at the top. Mm-hmm. So as my each property moves through different phases of the pipeline, I just move that thing around. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's a bunch of ways to do that. But I can see visually, the reason I like it is I can visually see. Right. I look at the whole chart. I mm-hmm. can see where the dots are on the chart. So uh-huh. it helps me to see where each property is in the life cycle. Mm-hmm. So I know where to focus my attention. And then as I move deals through the pipeline into different phases of it, wherever they go, I update that all the time. Mm-hmm. So I always know what's going on in my across my portfolio. Right. So if you are 
thinking about starting a joint venture mm-hmm. with a partner, maybe that you already have an entity and now you're starting to do a good example. I just made an offer with a new partner mm-hmm. and we're going to get the deal. So we're going to have to create a new entity. Mm-hmm. But the beautiful thing about this is all I got to do, I got to follow like a 10 step process. I got to get a new EIN number. Mm-hmm. I got to draft a new operating agreement, which I already have a template. So yeah. all I got to do is plug his name in, plug my name in, plug the numbers in, print it out and sign it. Boom. I got to file the orga- articles of organization with the mm-hmm. state of Michigan. Then I got to, once I have those things, then I can open a bank account. So I call mm-hmm. my banker and say, hey, Lonnie, I need another account. Here's the yeah. information. From there, she handles the whole thing. She calls me when docs are ready to be signed. She calls my partner, sends him the docs. The bank account gets all set up. Then I go into QuickBooks mm-hmm. and I have a list. Of course, you know me. Yeah. I have an eight-step checklist of how to create a new company in QuickBooks because every time I kept forgetting how to do it. So I made a <laughs> I made a set of tasks yeah, and I just wrote go. it down. And I, pl- I saved it. So I'll make a new QuickBooks account. I'll link it to the new bank account. I'll add a new row on my personal financial statement. I'll mm-hmm. add a new Google Drive folder. Mm-hmm called that entity LLC. I'll make a subfolder. I'll call it corporate docs. I'll make mm-hmm. another subfolder called the property address. I'll share that with my partner and I'm up and running. And that's really all I got to do. So now once you get to, you know, once you get to that, that point where you have that kind of system set up, you can create a hundred entities. It's not mm-hmm. a big deal because you, you see how fast I talked about that. I yeah. mean, that, that took me years to figure all that out. Like I'm gonna put that all in place. But once mm-hmm. you get it figured out and you, you write some systems down and I suggest that you may, you make a couple checklists of, the process of how to do something once when you're going to do it over and over again, because you'll forget. Right. And it helps just have that where you can reference it. You know, making a new QuickBooks company is not rocket science, but it is like a 10 step process. So yeah. Every time I used to do it, I have, to, I have to try to figure out how to, where to click and what button to push and what account level to get. And all right. That. So I just wrote it down into a system and now I can just check that every time. But the rest of it now is just plug and play. Yeah. My, pro- my personal financial statement, I add one or two rows in there mm-hmm. and that's it. That's all you really got to do. There you go. You get a new bank account set up into your into your login of you know umbrella of logins. Mm-hmm. You rename it that entity name and order the debit card. Debit card comes. You put it where you put it, and you're good to go. So don't be afraid to have multiple LLCs. Don't be afraid to have multiple uh, joint venture partnerships. Don't be afraid to scale wide. But before you scale wide, make sure you have that infrastructure in place. Yeah. Go get them. Go get them. <laughs>